Welcome to Talking Books. I'm very pleased to say, and I'm going to waste no time because we always have such a fabulous chat uh, and the time whizzes by. Um, I'm very pleased to say we have another Talking Books favourite with us again this morning, Lucy M. Boyce, whose work on suffragettes um, has fascinated my listeners on a couple of occasions before. And we came to your book launch, didn't we? Yes. Of, of Bloody Bones, which we're going to talk about <laughs> yes. a little bit um, in this half hour. Um, welcome. And for those who haven't heard you on here before, would you just like to give us a little bit of your background and how you mm. came to be so involved in, in writing about suffragettes? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> well, yes. Um, gosh, where should I start? Um, <clears throat> well, I've been interested in the suffragette... <coughs> excuse me. I've been interested in the suffragette movement for some time. When I was living in London, I sort of first got interested in it. And when I moved to Bristol, I was very surprised when I discovered that there were actually uh, suffragettes and suffragists, non-militant women, active in the region. And it sort of grew from there. And, and I started doing some research, digging into it. And that sort of grew into then wanting to write something about the suffragettes locally. And so I wrote The Bristol Suffragettes. Uh, and because of my interest in, in history and place, um, the book, uh, in the centre of the book, there's a walk around Bristol that you can do because I'm really interested in, in visiting places where, you know, I just get this real sense of history and people being there and mm. doing these amazing and sometimes not very nice things. Um, so that was the suffragette sort of thing. But at the same time, I also write historical fiction, which also often has a, a local connection of some sort. Mm. So Bloody Bones is set in a village near Bath, uh, loosely based on Wellow, although if you live in Wellow, you'll notice I've moved a few things around. <laughs> People generally do, don't they? I mean, they tell yeah. you right what you know. And, you know, if you're setting something locally, it's uh, mm. it's always... You know, creeps in every so oh, often. Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and you've not only written about the suffragettes and the mm. suffragists of Bristol. I mean, you've become really involved in in you know the the historical yeah. background to to Bristol itself, and you take walks and things, don't you? Uh, well, I do. Yes, uh, I do take uh, walks around um, Bristol on, on suffragette themes. I've also done a walk about women and war work. Uh, mm for the uh, Bristol Festival of Ideas a couple of years ago, and that was very interesting, looking at how uh, what happened at the end of the war affected women's employment and, and the vote, uh, women's vote. So, yes, I do do a couple of walks, and there are also some freebies on my website uh, that people can just download and do if yeah. they want. Uh, I think walk's very special, isn't yeah. it? Because I think they call it psychogeography. That's it, yeah. There's a real attachment to yeah. particular places and... Um, that almost sense that you are walking in the footsteps of yeah. those people that you've been researching yeah. for such a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. And I just love that. I love going on walks that, are, you know, when someone's telling you about the history or you've got a guide, uh, you know, to to, uh, to the history of the place. And yes, that, that thing about following in footsteps. And, and Bristol, I think Bristol is just so, it's dripping with history. You yes. know, every street you walk down, or I know so much of it is horribly modern now and, and we can thank, you know, town planners and, and the German, uh, the Nazis for that. But um, a lot of it is still very Georgian, still very lovely. Yes. And it's great to walk through that. Yes. Mm. And you can turn a corner and the, the yeah. architecture is completely different. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it, is, um, it is sort of great to have that big city yeah. sort of within 45 minutes 
of us in the in in Somerset oh, really yes yes yeah, you can yeah. get to us quite easily quite yeah. easily yes <laughs> yeah I talk about local authors and then I I'm talking about Bristol and I know some mm. people think well that's not local but mm. actually it's not as far as you think it's just quite a mm. you know you want to get on a train rather than try and drive through mm. it really but there are a lot of suffrage connections locally um so you know you had I think in Taunton I think mm. the the, suff- the women's suffrage pilgrimage went through Taunton so there's a lot locally as well so you know that's why your first visit to 10 radio was so popular because ah. <laughs> you talked about that and, yeah. and we played that wonderful song at the end <laughs> and it really oh, fired yeah. people's imaginations yeah. I yeah. think it's they, just they were everywhere the suffragettes and the suffragists and yeah, they so. were our grandparents actually yeah. and great-grandparents weren't they they're yeah. still well within you know sort of that living memory almost. yes yes almost yeah. yeah yeah no it's great um and as I said before, we came to your book launch for, oh, yes. for Bloody Bones. I think yeah. um, it wasn't it, it wasn't exactly edited as I'd hoped it would be. <laughs> so um, we didn't get to the really good questions at the end. But oh, yes. it was a it was a really good night, oh, um, you. and you know, packed packed audience. Um, and I mean, I've read the book, um, and I can't wait for the next one. And I want you to be able to. That it's all it's all about the uh, sort of like the early days of the Bow Street Runners, isn't yes. it, in, in a way? Would you like yeah. to give us a little bit of background to Dan and his... Dan, yes. <laughs> uh, well, Dan Foster, uh, the protagonist in Bloody Bones, is a Bow Street Runner. He's also an amateur pugilist, a bare-knuckle fighter. Um, bare-knuckle fighting was immensely popular in the 18th century. Um, and Bristol and locally, there were lots of connections. Lots of champions came from Bristol, uh, boxing champions, so again, there's that local link for me very much, although Danny's a London-based character. Um, yeah, and, and in Bloody Bones, he comes to a, a, a village in, uh, near Bath uh, to investigate the murder of a gamekeeper. And this murder seems to be connected with protests about recent enclosures of land. And that's what really interests me is that, that kind of history of, you know, as you can imagine, history of protest, history of how far people are prepared to go mm. uh, to fight for their rights. You know, so, and it's interesting because the suffragettes and the, the land enclosure people used a lot of the same sort of tactics, you know, breaking windows and, and rioting mm. and, and, and uh, you know, marching in the streets to protest. So, um, not more in rural areas. So, yeah, so it's got that kind of link as well. Yeah, and so he goes to Barkham and he has to work undercover um, and he joins a poaching gang. So we've got that sort of thing going on. <laughs> I think it's um, why I enjoyed it so much was it, it's got that kind of classic detective story mm. feel to it but at the same time it's, there's so much historical background and and that feeling of it being a more complex story than mm. a simple whodunit so I mean is that I mean I know you're going to write some more Dan Foster <laughs> stories yeah. is that is that something that's important if you read a book yeah. yourself to have that kind of background yeah I mean I suppose it depends. I, I mean, I think books books have such different functions and sometimes you do just want to read a book that's quite light, you know, and it's not going to go into issues very much. But as a writer, I like to... I'm very interested in radical history and the history of protest and that is something I like to reflect in, in the work. Um, so in the one I'm just working on at the minute, which I'm hoping will be published this year, the second Dan Foster mystery, uh, Dan is involved with... Um, uh, working amongst radicals in London, people who wanted parliamentary reform. Again, you know, very like the suffragettes. 
Uh, and he also, he ends up um, involved in the mutiny at the Nore, the naval mutiny at the Nore, which was regarded by some historians as the first great labour uh, strike Mm. Um, because really it was about pain conditions. Mm. Uh, these these men were often press-ganged. Uh, they were fed appalling food. They weren't mm. paid. Some of them hadn't been paid for two or three years mm. when they mutinied. And and so it is often regarded as, as more of a labour dispute than than anything. Um, and so Dan ends up in this kind of... It, that's where he's going to end up in the next book. So working... And he's looking for a killer. He's still, it's still a murder mystery. He's looking yes. for someone who's killed a, another officer... A yes. fellow officer. So he's pretty cross about that. <laughs> Get his fists out again. <laughs> yes, he might well do, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to let you um, have a bit of time to, 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 I don't know, just show off a bit. Because Bloody Bones has yeah. been um, not just nominated, but shortlisted and longlisted for a yeah. couple of awards, hasn't oh, it? Do you want yeah. to tell us about that? Well, yes. I mean, I'm so excited. It, I could hardly believe it when I found out. But the uh, I've been I'm on the finalist list now. For the finalists for the Historical Novel Society Indie Award, 2016, and you know that's just wonderful. Um, I'm really, really pleased. But then I just recently found out I've been longlisted for another award, the M.M. M. Bennett's. Uh, historical fiction award and that's uh, that's an award open to mainstream and indie authors and it's uh, it's given in in memory of of mm bennett's a writer who died tragically too young i mean she was a historical fiction writer mm. and it's just so exciting you know to 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 get this it, it just yeah what can i say it's very exciting both uh both awards, uh, the winners of both awards will be announced at the Historical Novel Society Conference in September, mm. which is in Oxford. So, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> yes, fantastic. Yeah. Will you make sure you've got a dress, you won't fall up the steps when you go to collect, <laughs> well, you know, go yeah. to collect the award. Well, well it would I be wonderful know, if... No, but, but there but, are some very, there's some lovely books. I mean, the, the, uh, the four finalists for the Historical Novel uh, Society Award, and, and they're all smashing books, you know. Mm. I... I I almost pity the judges, but not that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, you still hope they come out and put you at the top of the well, pile. But they are, they it's are all, true. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Once you've got to that stage, you know you're up against mm. um, some really mm. hot stuff. So, um, well, good luck with that. Thank it would you. be wonderful. It'd be wonderful if we could say <laughs> on Talking Books that we'd had three visits from <laughs> historical um, author, an award-winning historical well, author. Well, that would be nice, but we'll yes. see. But it's nice to get this far with the book. And, it's, and I, what I think what really matters is that it's just so nice to think that people are enjoying it. Yes. Uh, you know, because when you put a book out, you don't know what people are going to think of it. And and I, it's really good. I'm, I'm getting, you know, I get comments now from people that I almost feel like saying, look, you know, Danny's fictional don't you because they're getting they're getting into the character and this is this mm. is very exciting it's really nice yes i think mm. we we all um get involved with certain characters mm. in certain books and and mm. you, you 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 do almost sort of um what's the word you suspend reality a little bit yes. and enter their yeah. world with them yeah. don't you oh absolutely i mean there are lots of books i do that with and of course mm. i i believe in dan you know so when other re- when readers start start um getting interested in him that's really great have you got an idea that if they decided they were going to do a dan foster series <laughs> on television well, <laughs> the sort of actor you'd want to play him gosh that's yeah i'd love i'd love to have a dan foster series on television um yeah i don't know um 
I haven't really. I think I a cu- in a couple of no. books' time, I'll have a very fixed idea of what yeah, I think he's like, yeah. and then uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anyone. He's a very strong know. character. He's a very strong character. Yeah. He's he's um, yeah, yeah. It would need a particular type of person, I think. Well, yeah. I heartily recommend Bloody Bones, and I genuinely <laughs> say that um, because it is. I, I sat and read it sort of like it's a proper page turner as well as being a really, <laughs> really well-written book. Thank you. Um, now, you're also working on a... We, we all admire Lucienne for her work <laughs> ethic oh, because yeah. it's extraordinary. There's all these other writers who keep s- sitting on Facebook going, oh, I'm procrastinating again. Look, I've, I've hoovered the carpet 15 times um, <laughs> before they've got myself included. But Lucienne's work ethic is extraordinary. You, you, you're also writing a biography of yes, a suffragette, aren't you? I am, yes. A suffragette called Millicent Brown, who... Um, was active in Bristol and Bath, so she has, again, we've got some of these local connections. Uh, Millicent is very interesting. Obviously, that's why I'm writing about her, but um, she uh, she was a Quaker and, and with her husband was also involved with her in the suffrage movement, and he was a conscientious objector during the First World War. So the book is about them, is about their marriage and the marriage of two people who are very idealistic, who lived their, their ideology, really, lived, you know... Uh, by their principles really all all their lives and that's what attracts me to them as as subjects and uh, they're just very interesting it's taking Mm. you all over the country to research well yeah yeah unfortunately melissa never lived anywhere very exotic so i've been to to walsall (laughs) and we're going to wales next week and in fact i will be in the national library of wales doing some research they have some some Mm. information there Uh, Millicent actually studied as a teacher in Swansea and and uh, they have some archives there I'm going to look at and um, she was actually also act- active in Wales as a suffragette she yes. campaigned in Wales so again lots of lovely connections yes. yeah so yeah but it's mm, it's going slowly because there is just so much to research mm. and I've just found out a, another archive in Leeds I need to go and look at uh, I've been to York um, oh gosh Birmingham I spent a lot of time in Birmingham um, mm. the the big library there which is mm. a fabulous lovely place uh, yes so yes traveling around but nowhere very exotic <laughs> <laughs> well you know that the, we always well, you know we might dream that somebody that we were writing about spent yeah. uh, spent a couple of years in south of france or yeah, something but yeah. generally right. it, it didn't <laughs> happen <laughs> no, no no um the subjects that fascinate us as writers actually often take us more because we were talking mm. about a couple of hundred years ago they often take us into the seamier sides of things don't mm. they which is mm. is not necessarily <laughs> always the most comfortable place to be no um now as we discussed briefly at the beginning um you're very involved in the women's history yeah. movement aren't you and i yeah. know that coming up you're you're going to be um helping to you're, you are helping to organize a conference aren't you uh, well it, we've got a, a yes there's a conference coming up in june I'm, I'm on the um steering committee of of it's a rather unwieldy name the west of england and south wales women's history network mm-hmm. uh and we're affiliated to the national women's history network and we were uh, our sort of goal is i mean it's been going since the 90s so, you know it's it's um been around quite a while and I, and we exist to sort of bring together people who are interested in women's history and that's academics independent researchers anyone with an interest in women's and gender history 
And uh, we do a number of events throughout the year. We have what we call study days where we'll sort of pick a theme and we'll have two or three speakers, members, non-members. You know, if you've got something you want to talk to us about, then get in touch, basically. We love to hear from people mm. who want to talk to us about work they're doing. Um, we cover things like, um, I don't know, activism after the vote, women's health and gender. Uh, we've looked at women in the poor law. So it covers a whole range of, mm. of periods and, and so on. Those are free and we have two or three of those a year. The conference in June is in Bath and that's on women in the arts, a historical perspective. Uh, and our key speaker, Rebecca Damonte of uh, UWE, the University mm-hmm. of West of England, is going to talk about uh, women's representations of Second World War, women mm-hmm. in Second World War literature. And I don't know what we've got lined up because we're just going through the papers now. We're just putting the programme together now. But mm-hmm. I think that would be a really fun day. Mm. And there's a small charge for that if anyone's interested. It'll be around £15, something like that, just yes. to cover the cost of the room. Yes. Why do you mm. think it's important to focus on women's history as, a, mm. as opposed to history in general? It's well, a big question, I know. Is, We're not yeah, going to cover it yeah. in five know, minutes. It's, but. It's, it is difficult. Um, I think women's history is, is still... I think, I think one of the reasons is that we've had to do so much to unbury it. Mm. We've had to um, fight you know, so hard to have... Uh, women's contribution to have it actually admitted that women are half the world you know I, mm. I just I'm reading a book at the minute uh, quite an old history book from the 90s and it's just like where are the women where are the women it's about yes. David Lloyd George and the suffrage movement gets about a paragraph and you yes. think well if, if you were to judge what's important in history on how important it was to the people who lived through it the suffrage movement was huge mm. you know and suddenly there it is, one paragraph, and we're getting all the important stuff, all the stuff the men did. Yes. And I think we've had to fight very hard mm. against um, patriarchal history, sexist history, and, and downright horrible history sometimes. Mm. Um, and I think we still have a lot of problems. I mean, there's only very recently in the last few months, you know, been talk about we don't need to teach women's history in schools, we don't need to talk about politics from a women's point of view. This is just you know, we're going to be fighting the fight all over again. I think it's important that we recognise that the world is not made up of of just men, usually white mm. men, you know. Mm. Uh, it's much more interesting than that. And I think just to get slightly political, which mm. we try and... We do we do sort of steer off just for... Yeah. Just because it's so... <laughs> you get to 25 past 11 and suddenly you realise you've just touched the subject and you want to keep going, but... I mean, it is important, and I do. Mm. I do actually think that there's a possibility that we've almost gone back a little with the present generation, because mm. I do feel with my daughter's generation, for example, that she's so used to growing up with boys, and she mm. treats she treats boys as equals and expects yeah. boys to treat her in the same way. But her view of history is yeah. one where she sort of just makes an assumption that mm. it was always the same, and therefore doesn't need promoting it's quite it's i think it's a really interesting yeah. subject i think our gains are i think our gains are always quite uh, more fragile than we think i mean yes. women actually haven't had the vote in this country for very no. long in some countries they've only just got it yes. in, uh, in switzerland was it they got it in the 70s yes. you know i mean we are yeah. not talking about something that's very you know that, that is really bedded in yet yes. into into uh, uh, politics and, and psyche and so on. So I think there's still some work to do. And, and, and I think as long as uh, women are still 
you know, still at a disadvantage, which they are. Women mm. still earn less. Women are still, mm. um, um, you know, there's there's still a lot of violence against women. And yeah. in some areas, of course, we see violence against women being used as a military tactic. And mm. all these things, you know, these are things we still need to fight. Well, without our history, we can't do that. We can't no. know where we've been. We can't see where we're going. And I think that's it's something that we really, I mean, if... if um, the work that you do on suffragettes, for example, mm. highlights the fact that actually you're still, as we say, talking not even 100 years ago mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. Um, I think people very easily it's forget close. that. Yeah. You know, the fact that we yeah. wouldn't be voting in referendums on Europe and yeah. voting in other referendums. So, yes, I, 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 I mean, you know I'm very interested in <laughs> women's history as well, yeah. but certainly the, the, the work that Lucien does um, is something that, you know, if you are interested <clears throat> in finding out what local women and women in the Southwest were faced with over the past 100, mm. 200 years, um, it's definitely worth looking into yeah. more closely and certainly yeah. going along to conferences and talks. Yeah, well, we have a lot going on. Of course, we've got the uh, free film event coming up on the 20th of April, uh, the Women's History Network, which is going to be in Bristol. And we're going to give a free showing of a film called Make More Noise, which is a compilation from the British Film Institute's uh, archives of contemporary footage of suffragettes. And yes, Mrs Pankhurst is in it. <laughs> and uh, But it's also interspersed with, with, with clips from uh, comedy films and, you know, sort of silent movies. Mm. And it's, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, mm. It's got some very uh, disturbing sort of... <clears throat> sort of anti you know stuff that's quite nasty about women but it's also got some very funny anarchic comedy by Mm. women um Mm. there's a couple in there called the tilly girls who i just absolutely fell in love with they're very naughty girls they they just run rings around everybody any Mm. male authority figure Mm. it's very funny so that and that's on the 20th of april at the salt cafe deli on st george's road Uh, it starts at 6 30 if anyone's interested in that i give my website address perhaps after, yeah well yeah. perhaps you could do that now and oh, yes, find okay, out how they yeah. can contact you and find yeah, out more. okay well for all of those events um if you look on my website there are links to uh, the women's history network um, events and it's lucienboyce.com which is l-u-c-i-e-n-n-e-b-o-y-c-e.com uh, and if you look on the diary page you'll see links to all those events uh, the film showing is free and there are still um, places left so have a look and and there will be a bit of information about the conference as well mm. and you mm. can find out all about Lucien's books mm. on her website and hopefully um you come to september you'll see an award winner <laughs> no she is no, you won't be the first award we have had jenny kane on here but she, yeah. she's she's won an award for her erotica Ah, which obviously right. we can't read a lot of <laughs> on, no. on, the, on a morning radio show, but <laughs> maybe you'll be able to come back and well, yes, read a paragraph well, or two yes, for us. Well, yes, Because well. I remember the last time you came in and you'd got the book where a man was writing... Um, You'd got it was something your husband had found for you, wasn't it? About the the man who was who'd written terrible things in the margin about women and oh, suffragettes. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, that's a book by Sir Almroth Wright. Uh, it, he was um, a medical scientist and uh, an anti-suffragist during the suffrage campaign, and he was one of these people that argued that women were were, were physically and mentally incapable of rational thought and action. <laughs> they they were just made that way, and their biology. 
uh, meant that they they just couldn't um, you know do anything, couldn't vote responsibly, couldn't do anything responsibly really, and in fact that women were virtually next thing to insane really at certain points of their life and yes. I have a book by him and I don't know who owned the book but it's absolutely wonderful it's covered in this marginalia um so you know what he's written something like oh all the ungrateful women flock to the banner of women's suffrage and then this bloke who owned, I'm, I'm sure it was a man who owned the book has underlined it and put are there any other sort you know so he thinks all women are ungrateful and, but actually I think there's a story in there yes because when you put the comments together I think this man something happened to this I man think so. there's some relationship yes. thing there there's some bitterness story. somewhere yeah. along the line yes it's yeah. it's um it might yeah, be it, fun, yeah, putting a story together for marginalia like that. You can la- be, you yeah. you can laugh at it now because it feels amusing. Yeah, but in a sense there must have been a bit creepy. A bit creepy. <laughs> 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 yeah, some good yeah. evenings <laughs> releasing yeah. his feelings into yeah. the margins of that book. Yeah. I mean, as always, it's wonderful to talk to you and Thank half you. an hour's just whizzed by again. Um, it's why we occasionally have I mean, I've been doing this show for more than three years and I didn't mm-hmm. realise that. I thought it was two. And then I looked back and I realised that I started it in 2013. Wow. Um, so, you know, I am having writers on over a period and it's really mm. nice to talk to you about your plans for the future. I mean, mm. presumably it's the biography and, and, and the next Dan Foster bit. Yeah, the next Dan Foster. I mean, it is, it is uh, hopefully going to an editor in a couple of weeks' time. So, it's, you know, it's, I don't know how much rewriting it'll need. Um, I'm just I'm hoping that'll come out this year. And I'm actually planning the third Dan Foster book as well. Uh, yeah, so having fun with those, really. Putting together yeah. a few time management courses for writers as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would well, be lucrative. I don't know. I don't feel I do enough. You know, you never do enough, do you? It's just... Uh, well, just I know I going. don't, but I would yeah. never say the same about you. It's fabulous <laughs> well, to have you on the show, you. Lucienne. You. Um, and you've chosen a track for the end of the show. Would you yeah. just like to introduce it and just say oh, why you've well, chosen it's, it? It's, I've only chosen it just simply because it's by Steve Winwood and Spencer Davies group. And I just love Steve Winwood and I love this track. Yes, it's your favourite. And it's called Give Me Some Lovin'. Thanks ever so much again, Lucien. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 